Welcome back to episode two of the Velocity Podcast. Hello, mate. How are you today? I'm frightfully well, sir. How are you? That was very formal, but I'm also very well, thank you. So I think uh, we've had overwhelming reviews and feedback from episode one. <laughs> yeah. It could I, did, I did about you, but my inbox has been flooded. Well, I've had to hire a, another member of staff to deal with that specific inbox, which is podcast at velocitymanship.com. Um, it's, yes. been, it's been overwhelming, absolutely. Um, we talked a bit about that in episode one. Uh, obviously, if you didn't detect from our sarcasm, the highest, the, was it the, the highest form of wit? Lowest. According to Gandhi. The lowest form of wit. Yeah. When lowest form of wit. So they, um, no, we, 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 our inboxes haven't been flooded, if we're honest, but we're having some fun. And that's the main thing. We're doing this because we've talked about it for a long time and we find it quite enjoyable. Although I will say that we started the idea by doing it, a podcast, recording it late in the evening so we can have a glass of wine. It's now one, pe- well, half past one on a Wednesday we're recording this now and a little bit socially unacceptable to have wine at lunchtime. So we're now on coffee. Yeah, we've downgraded it to coffee, but it felt like the right thing to do. Fair enough. So, uh, usually to start this off, like, what did you get up to on the weekend, mate? Like, what have you been up to since our last pod? Yeah. So, um, this weekend for me was a family one, which was great. So, a couple of weeks back, um, my family, we all got struck down with COVID um, and we had some weekend plans. So, we obviously cancelled them. We adhered to the government advice as per. And um, we, yeah, we pushed everything back a couple of weeks. So, this weekend, I had. My parents come over. I had my brother and his girlfriend come over. My brother is a is a musician. Um, he's also a fantastic branding guy. He actually did our logo at Velocity. Um, and his partner is a professional dancer as well. Um, and she's actually in some very, very popular movies right now. Um, so they came over. We all caught up. We went to watch an ice hockey game, which one of my ex clients. Oh, just jumping in that. The way you were setting up that story, it sounds like you were about to say. So we all put on a family show. Uh, Sean, Sean was on the guitar singing. You had um, your, your, your Sean's, Sean's girlfriend doing the dancing. You were doing the backing vocals and Freddie was Freddie was dancing. Like, <laughs> the way you were setting that up. Well, I haven't told you about the rest of the night yet. So Okay, carry on, mate. Yeah, you go. You go. No, so we went and watched an ice hockey game. My ex, one of my ex clients, plays ice hockey for the Bristol Pitbulls. That was really cool. Um, came back and then the next day treated the family. I cooked a roast and we just hung out. And it was one of those really nice, chilled family weekends where no work was done apart from Sunday evening. I did a little bit. Uh, so yeah, it was really chilled. Nothing sort of overly special, but that was kind of what was really nice about it. How um, how about you? Um, yeah, no, I, I will tell you in a second. The one thing that you said there, I think maybe we can touch on this a bit today, is because uh, you said something to me a few days ago about your holiday, and you're you're like you're kind of counting down the days now, aren't you, for to take some time out? And you you we kind of talk about the symptoms, the things you notice when you're overdue a break, and I think that's you right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, started um, just started to resent a few things a little bit too much, and my work yeah. my work ethic has definitely. Uh, just started to turn slightly, so yeah, it's time to go and uh, sun up this little bald head and uh, and have some have some fun. Yeah, um, yeah. So my weekend. Well, we are. Um, my wife is now thirty seven weeks pregnant, so we are getting very close to D Day. Um, you get to I think thirty seven weeks is actually full term, as far as I understand it. So it's kind of now for the next 
five week, four or five weeks or so that something could happen but we're getting to that point when i'm saying it could be any day so um so we yeah i spent the weekend doing some uh, <laughs> i told you about this didn't i some flat pack furniture uh construction and i will say straight away that, that this is not one of my my strengths um i think it's a very um important skill to be self-aware enough to know what you're good at and what you're not and one of those things in the latter category for me is putting together furniture so much so and i don't know whether this is just a common thing but almost every time i finish putting something together i look at the tray on which i've kept all the screws and nuts and bolts and there's still about two dozen things left and i'm looking at the thing i've put together it looks like it's finished like it's, it's standing up but I've still got all this shit left over. And I'm thinking I must have <laughs> skipped a page or something along the way. Like it really, dis- it's a bit disconcerting if I'm honest. Does that so, happen to you? Well, here, here's what I was going to say. Um, yes, it does happen to me for sure. And if, if I'd have walked in after 10 minutes of you doing that and said, right, you can pay me 50 quid and I'll build it for you. And you can just go and make yourself a cup of coffee. What would your response been? Oh, I would have been straight down those, those stairs, like making some coffee. Like I'd <laughs> happily, happily do that. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe from our point of view, we're, we're kind of like we're buying some stuff in relatively late in the process for when baby arrives. So it has to be done and it's my only time to do it. So it's like, okay, it's got to be, I've got to do it now. So, uh, but no, I was quite pleased because by the end of the weekend, I'd put together two bits. I've got one more to do, which is this weekend's, one of with this weekend's job. And but I think overall we're feeling pretty ready. Uh, apart from that, it was just some social stuff, some chill. Um, I'm going through, back through Peaky Blinders again, which I'm really enjoying. So that's kind of one of my little my little um, box sets that I'm going through at the moment. And um, yeah, watch a bit of football. You know, listen that. Nice. So yeah, a bit of a contrast for both of us, comparative to the last weekend we were talking about on podcast number one. Um, but hey, that's kind of falls in line with what we said last week, which we are very very normal people. We've got, you know, families or families to be, and um, we're just here trying to make a, a success of our business at the same time, whilst we do very normal things, um, things around it. I think, um, I think a really good thing that we're going to keep talking about when we get to this stage, though, is the importance of working in your business, on your business, and out of your business. And I think that through all of our other channels, people probably only ever see us working in and on of our, on our business. And this is probably the only place where we're really going to talk about the stuff we do out of our business. But my God, how important is it that we take that time? How important has it been for the last two years for us just to sit together and talk and have a glass of wine and just let conversations flow? How much of that has actually led to the success that we've achieved so far in the last sort of six to 12 months? Yeah, like is being out of the business, which actually give fuels the like the ideas that you might then use later on in your in your in your in your week, in your month, in your year that will actually make you make big um, steps forward in your in your business. And and I think you know some people we can get it wrong sometimes. You can end up so lost in the weeds and so like stuck in, inside your business of what you're trying to work on that you forget why you're doing the whole thing in the first place. Like your work, your business should should be the thing that fuels and facilitates the life you want to have. Because work is not everything. And we, we, we take it very seriously. And our whole business model is based on helping people build an amazing business. So like it, in a way, it's contradictive, but it's, it's not really when you understand the whole picture that we're making this business so that you can have an amazing life. And if you're doing it at the expense of living your life to the, its fullest, whatever that might mean for you, then I think you've missed the point. 
Yeah, 100%. You might work in uncomfortable spells, but all of that work mm. that you do is to is to create space later on for the things that you want to do, that you really, really want to do. And I don't think you can have one without the other, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely got to be considered. You've got to make sure that you are working um, at the right times and you are out of business at the right times as well. Um, I remember that. Do you remember when we went to that um, conference and the, the guy at the front said, put your hands up if you haven't taken a day off in the last six months. And I was beavering away for six months working every single hour that God gave. So I put my hand up really proud. I was like, yes, I haven't taken a day off. I'm a hard worker. And he said, if you've, put, if you've got your hand up, you're an idiot. And he started talking to me about, you know, the importance of taking time out of your business. And that was definitely a wake up call for me. I know it's something that you've probably been better uh, at than me over the years. And something that I really appreciate now is just how much better at my job I am when I take some time out. Yeah, I mean, you said the word earlier, I think resentment is a really, really um, uh, dangerous place to be when you realise you start noticing that you resent the thing that deep down, if you thought about it, you knew you loved. And I've seen, I have actually seen, I've been around in this industry now for 15 years. I've had the opportunity to interview, hire, train, coach and mentor other PTs and therapists. And I've seen it. I've seen people who come into the industry, who get a job working with and for me. And they, and, and they love it. They're so enthusiastic when they start. And maybe a few months down the line, because maybe the balance is, they haven't got it right, they, they hate it. And they want to just go and sit behind the desk in front of the screen and do nine to five because they don't have to worry about, um, they don't have to worry about anything. They can just abdicate the responsibility to someone else and work for someone else. And do you know what? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, mocking that in any way. That, that, is, that is right for some people. But what I do disagree with is when people have a love for something and then they kind of ignore that and put that to one side and they don't find a way to, to explore it, even if that might be, it might take a long time. It might, it might, you might have to go on a long journey to kind of do the thing you really want to do. But ignoring that and just pulling the wool over your eyes and taking the easy route like today is definitely not the right decision. No, it's, it's like that deathbed question, isn't it? You know, are you going to regret it on your deathbed? You're never going to regret having given something a go that was your passion. Um, but you will regret not trying and taking that, you know, safe 40 grand a year job or whatever it is. At the same time, I truly believe that peop some people are like completely unemployable, um, such as ourselves. Yeah. Um, and some people are just not cut out for running their own business. And I think that that really is uh, something that you need to find out about yourself as well. Mm. Yeah, I heard, um, I think we might have spoke, you and I might have spoken about this before, which is that people don't regret stuff they've done when they're on their deathbed when they get to the to the older uh, the, the further part of life they don't regret stuff they've done they regret stuff they didn't do yeah because you can look back with a with a reflective mind and say you know what? i did that and i learned a lot from it i realized that that was something i didn't want to do uh for example for me i remember in my as i was racking up my experience as a pt i was doing qualifications to better my knowledge technically and i went and did a sports massage introductory course i don't know if you remember this and i it was like a weekend that you pay for and then if at the end of the weekend you like it you can then sign up to like a year's course to get your qualification so it's this intro thing and i went on the saturday um of the first of two days and we did a load of massage and introductory to some techniques and a bit of theory and i realized it wasn't for me i wanted to be moving with people i wanted to be training people and i wasn't mocking it like there's i really respect that that industry 
um, or that part of the industry. And I think it's, it's a really plays an important part. It just wasn't for me. So I paid a 500 quid, I think it was for this weekend. I didn't go to the second day because I, and I didn't ask for my money back. I just didn't go because I knew I paid the money to realize that's, that's not for me. Yeah, so rather than worrying about, should I have gone that route? Maybe, you know, I could have, I could have gone on for years thinking maybe I should have explored that. Maybe that would have been a really lucrative and enjoyable like pathway for me. I did it and I paid the money and I thought that the, the outcome, the benefit of that spend for me is the peace of mind, knowing that I'm on the right path and I, and I just need to keep going the way I'm going. And more importantly, knowing that nobody's going to want your hands on them. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it wouldn't have been so lucrative. I don't want to use it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. So maybe that was a nice moment to talk about uh, what we covered last week on our program at Velocity. Do you want to kick us off? The hot lead converter. Oh, is oh, lovely. Yeah, so um, a little bit of background. Um, we at Velocity, we take one major training topic per week, and that's what we focus um, on in our training for our team at Velocity. Uh, we've got 60 personal trainers at the moment, um, all at various stages of business. So when we pick a training topic, it's not always going to appeal to every single trainer. But what we what we canvas for is what are the key problems that our guys are gals are facing and how can we help them overcome that problem to get them growing and developing their business? One of the problems that we, we noticed recently was um, when people are getting good inquiries um, and people are showing lots of interest. Um, what's the best thing to do to give yourself the, the best chance of getting them on as a client in the fastest way possible? So what we don't want to do is rush it. We never want to rush that process because we need to respect the buyer's journey and the six-stage ladder that we teach. But at the same time, um, we, we like if they're ready, then why, why will delay? Why wait? Let's get them in and let's get them signed up and, and working to, with us as quickly as possible. So we came up with this system and we called it the hot lead converter. And it's this process that basically takes 60 to 90 minutes um, that covers everything you need to cover to get someone from a place of I'm very interested to I've paid up, I've been onboarded and I'm ready and I'm working. So that was the that was the um, kind of introductory piece to it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, one of the things that we talk about a lot at Velocity is the concept of free work. And being mm. able to accept that the more free work you do, the more money you're going to make. That's um, such a bad, like when you say it, sorry, but even now we talk about it every week at Velocity. Even now it is it's so uh, not ironic, but kind of backwards. It's an almost a, a contradiction in terms. And that's why I think if you can, and I'll, I'll hand back to you just in two seconds, if you can wrap your head around this, what Craig's about to unpack, that it will change your business. 100%. And we have this confirmed to us, like we, we've worked up to a relatively good level. And in our industry as personal trainers, we were sort of pretty much towards the top. But then we had our eyes opened, probably six months or so ago to another level of business. And when we did that, we were waiting for these things that we'd never learned before to be taught to us. And it didn't happen. All that all that they were doing was things at a bigger volume and a bigger, a bigger scale. And Somebody that was making over a million dollars per week said to us, it seems like the more free work we do, the more money we make. And it was the same message at that very, very high level. So 
your ability to help people for free, your ability to go onto that gym floor, your studio, onto Instagram, into the DMs, on your posts, on your stories, wherever it might be, and just give people the things that they need at the right level without expecting anything in return. And then using that to develop a relationship with someone and get them to the point where they are interested in what you've got to sell, which is what David was talking about earlier with the hot lead converter. Using that frequently, consistently, and mastering that process will eventually lead to more money in your business than you've ever had before. And I find that so interesting. Like you said, it does sound backwards, but the second you accept it and you start practicing it and you have that delayed gratification, the sooner you start seeing things really unfold for your business. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to just pick up the conversation we were having before we start hitting record on this podcast today. But the first thing that you came to me, we just finished a webinar for our guys. And what the first thing you said after was, Oh, I was too long ago, mate. I can't remember now. What was I <laughs> Okay. It was about, so um, between in our business and Velocity, we're growing Velocity. We're, we're taking on, on, on trainers every week and we have an ambition to, to help 200, 200 trainers. That's kind of our, our, um, our kind of initial goal over the next year or two. That's, that's the number of trainers we want to be taking onto our program. We're at 60, so we're kind of, we're making some good progress. And you, one of Craig's roles is to engage with people in DMs, in private message, like every day. And my, one of my roles is to conduct and to um, manage our content of, of the free stuff that we are creating to, to train and educate the prospects who might, some of which might come and work with us at some point too. And I think you said, and maybe I can just tee you up and you can just, I'd love to hear what you said before is exactly what we're experiencing, what we're experiencing, what we're t- telling other people we need to, they need to experience. That was terrible English, but hopefully you got it. But yeah, so you would, I think you were talking about the, the amount of time you're having to spend, like investing in, in talking to a lot of people that will never sign up to our program. Yeah, yeah. So um, at times it can, be, it can be a little infuriating. So you have these great conversations with people and you help and you encourage and you give and we let them have these amazing resources um, to help them build their business. And then um, frequently it gets, it gets shut down and it gets shut down because they're not ready. And that's absolutely fine. And I and I and we and you as business owners listening to this have to accept that. And you have to say to yourself, it's, it's not a no, it's just a not yet. They're just not ready yet to come on board. They're not ready to, to learn. They're not ready to develop. They're not ready to scale. And when they are ready to do those things, they'll get in touch with us. And for you as personal trainers, they're not ready to change just yet. But the help that you're giving them right now, as frustrating as it might be, to keep helping and keep helping and not expect anything in return, it will come back in droves. You just have to keep playing the game and you have to keep playing the game en masse. The more numbers, the more volume, the more people you can reach and help and smile at and you know give them the time of day, the more you will get back for your business. It might just not happen immediately. And similarly, sometimes I start conversations with trainers and they're ready. They were waiting for somebody to reach out to them. And you'll have exactly the same on the gym floor. You'll say hello to somebody and they'll practically, you know, jump at you for personal training and you'll have to slow them down because of the things that you will learn about developing a relationship. And so here's a little thing on that. And I think hopefully if, if, I mean, for the millions of people listening right now, 
there there are some people that that they'll just be thinking how do i just get in touch with the people that are ready now mm. but i just want to i just want to speak to them i just want to pick them out of the crowd and i'll just work with them and i and i've got to tell you there is no way that you can get away there's no shortcut to the the hard work that you've got to put in because what you're going to have to do is speak to a thousand people this year so to to un- and and once you've spoken to a thousand you'll realize that 900 will never sign up mm. of the 100 that remain there's 50 that maybe will be ready next year but there are going to be 50 that are ready when you speak to them and and I don't know if those proportions are right but you're going to I just want you to get the the gist of it is that you 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 have to go through the, you have to do the free work and go through those people that won't buy and help them genuinely go out to help those people because one in every 10 or one in every 20 will actually pretty soon turn around to you and say, David, I'm ready. Like help me out. And that was where, you know, when you end up with those people, that's where we kind of gave them this process of the hot lead converter. And it's a pretty much guaranteed 90 minute process with a, a bit of before and afters to go through and um, which will get them signed up. We're almost guaranteed. Yeah, so bringing it back to that hot lead converter, if somebody is referred to you, then they probably already know who you are. They probably already like you and there's probably an element of trust there. If you've already been doing the free work with somebody on the gym floor, studio, online, then they probably already know you, like you and trust you. So what we designed in the hot lead converter, and we'll keep this fairly high level for the podcast, is a checklist that our clients can go through to see whether a prospect is ready to be sold into the hot lead converter. And as long as they can answer yes to all of the questions in the checklist, then we then provided them with a script that they can take to that person. And then a 90 minute process, as David said, which involves a few different things that we've worked on within Velocity packaged together in a certain way to kind of seal the deal and not just get the person to become a client. And this is something we talk about a lot. We don't just want somebody to be a client. We want somebody to be a great client. We want somebody to purchase eight sessions a month with you, not four sessions a month. And we want you, we want them to purchase it with enthusiasm. We want them to purchase it and buy into the 24 hour cancellation agreement, the way that they book their sessions, all of the holiday agreements, all of those things. We want you as the trainer to be in control and the better you can deliver your hot lead converter, your consultation process, or whatever promotion you might be running, the better you can convert that, sorry, the better you can deliver that, the the more respect you're going to get from that person. And therefore, the more they're going to buy into your business and everything that is kind of um, enveloped within that. So it's not just a way of bringing in clients, it's a way of bringing in great clients that are going to stick around for a very long time. Yeah, love a love a bloody checklist. Um, and I was actually there's a book on checklists called the Checklist Manifesto, uh, and it's a very simple. Like uh, most books have a very simple core message, and the the, one, the core message of this one was checklists are very powerful because what what it does is it takes thinking, like thinking that you've done or other people have done, condenses it down into a step by step process that I follow to get the same result that the people who did all the hard work, the hard thinking work um, in order to create. So I can almost hijack um, uh, like shortcut work, which is amazing. So that was kind of the lazy part of my brain, really enjoyed putting that training together because it means our guys can just do. And if they follow and they kind of follow the checklist and answer the questions, honestly, they'll get great results. 
But um, anyway. That was one of our big mottos, wasn't it? When we set this whole thing up and we were like, fuck, we've put 30 years into building businesses and now, you know, we're going to, 30 years into doing it for ourselves, 16 years into helping others do it. And now we're going to package all of this together into an amazing comprehensive product. Um, we just wanted to shortcut mistakes. And so by creating checklists, that's effectively what we're doing. Don't bother with any of that. Here's the checklist. Do this and I guarantee you, you're going to be just fine. And it's so lush to put that together um, and see people use it and go, yeah, that was great. That really worked because that took us a long time to be able to create that simple checklist. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really great. It's really great to see our guys, you know, pick that stuff up and use it. Right. It's time for a time for a fact. Fact time. So, oh, when yeah. you're doing a little mid mid session jingle, what was that? Just do that one more time. Fact time. Do you like it? Hmm. We'll work on it. We'll build we'll on, work it. on it. Um, okay, so uh, I'll, I'll kick this one off. And I'm not going to lie, the research gone into this has been minimal. Um, we've, <laughs> this is a part of the podcast, which I'm sure will develop over time. But listen, we've just started. It's episode two. Um, and, you know, the, the millions listening are just going to have to bear with us. So, um, so the reason why I picked this one out is I think a lot of people, I think, will join me in this in saying that, Part of my aspiration, one of my things on my bucket list, is to learn another language and to be able to speak another language fluently. Right? I think um, that is rather than gibberish. Answer. <laughs> um, so that's the thing. But the problem is, so many people in the world speak English. So the need to do it is just very low. We're, we're so lucky in that respect. But here's the stat: more people speak English as their second language than those who use it as their mother tongue. Right. And when you think about it, it's obvious because um, like there, there, there are obviously lots of countries like England and the States that and South Africa, large parts of South Africa and Australia use English as their main language. But, you know, go to places like France and Spain and you know, lots of lots of places in Europe and a lot. So many people speak English. Right. Because it's such a, um, a widely spoken language from very um, like uh, I guess advanced countries. So English has a total of nearly two billion fl fluent speakers. So it's a quarter of the world population, but only there's only 350 million people speak the language natively. That's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, this is facts.net. So I haven't put a lot of work into to, 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 to looking at the underbelly of this, but I can kind of understand that principle. Like that's, that's kind of why I, I think to this point, I've made very little progress in learning another language. I always feel really lazy when I go on holiday and I'm like, yeah. I go up to the bar. Hello, mate. Can I have a pint, please? And he's like, yeah, no worries. I'm like, I really yeah. put in a bit more effort in than this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So here is my one. And this is good because I'm going to use this word. How many people listening in on here and, and to yourself as well, Dave, how many of us know a person who likes to give an opinion on something that they know absolutely nothing about? How many times in our lives do we hear that, right? We say uh -huh. something, somebody pipes up that has no idea about the subject matter, but you can bet their bottom dollar, they've got a pretty strong opinion on it. And the fact is there is actually a word for that type of person. It's called an <laughs> asshole. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that was set up beautifully. No, it's called, there's actually a word for it and it's um, ultra crepidarian. Ultra crepidarian is someone who voices thoughts beyond their expertise. Ultra crepidarian, someone who voices thoughts beyond their expertise and i think 
Obviously, we're biased, but I think our industry is full of ultra crepidarians. Would you agree? I would. Um, I, I think this is something I've actually thought about this quite a lot in the last few years of my life from a reflective point of view. The um, idea that you have to work and earn the right to have an opinion on something. So if someone says, what do you think? That it's only a few years ago that I really took this seriously in my head that one of my answers might be, I don't know enough to, to give you an opinion. So I, I can't answer it because uh, I just don't think I'd be able to, if, if I was to say something and then someone was to argue against it, I couldn't have a conversation about it because there was no depth to my knowledge. I need, need to understand it. And I guess one thing that um, that I think, that I, I don't want to venture here in our, in our podcast, but politics, I think, is a really classic one because I didn't know no, I did nothing about politics and particularly with what the government has had to do to take us through this pandemic. And don't get me wrong, they've made a lot of missteps, particularly with them like being just being fined for the parties and stuff that they've been doing. Like I don't condone that whatsoever, but I, I wouldn't like to imagine what they've had to do to go through an unprecedented period of, of getting us through a pandemic. Um, so I, when people start to judge how they've managed it, like I'm like, I, I can't say like, I can't compare it to anything else. I don't know what, how much stress to have the whole weight of a nation on your shoulders as a government and as a prime minister. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm a big fan of Boris Johnson, but again, I just don't uh, haven't, um, I don't have enough under um, understanding to, to have a, the opinion. So yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good, good thing to, to, to bring up. Yeah. And it's, um, it's a really, like a really mature way to manage those thoughts and those questions when you get asked them, but I think it is important. And I think if more people did that, there'd probably be a lot less conflict. Um, or my, mm-hmm. annoying, my wife doesn't like it when I say that she wants the opinion. And I'm like, but I, I don't have any, anything to base it on. I've got nothing, um, of value other than just what's popped into my head based on what I would initially think about it. Um, so it's nothing to act upon, but yeah, sometimes people want that opinion anyway, don't they? They just want to hear something, but, um, but yeah, I'm of a similar boat. I think it's something that you maybe grow into as you realize just how little you know about the world um, in, cer- in certain areas. Definitely. Okay, then that's us. Uh, I think that's us done. Uh, round two, I think that was another good one, if I do say so myself. Did you enjoy that today? Yeah, really good. Um, especially liked uh, talking about the hot lead converter. I think that's going to be a massive one for our, for our clients. So yeah, excited to see how that rolls out. And we will, uh, we will catch you guys next week. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, if, if there's any, uh, if any of you listening to this do want some more information about Velocity or if you want to uh, connect with us on Instagram, it's uh, at David Miller Coach and uh, you should see a link in the bio or at least a, um, a username in the bio of this podcast or it's uh, Craig underscore PT Business Mentor. I think you are something like that. Correct. So come chat to us on Instagram, connect, connect with us on there. Uh, reach out uh, if you want some more help uh, and we'll see you guys again soon. Take it easy, guys. Bye right, for now.